Hello, everybody. It's truly good to be with you. <clears throat> it always is, but today I have some uh, other reasons to be particularly grateful, and I'll share some of that with you later. Um, this is going to be about why is, you know, is, is my skin really my skin, right? Is my skin really my skin? So we'll, I'll explain what that means to you. And I'll also share some uh, interesting, possibly important news with you um, as we go along. So the body is, the, the, these bodies, <clears throat> they're fine things. They really are. And it's a good idea to look after them. And, um, you know, we don't necessarily want to spoil them. That's what I hear, but I tend to spoil mine. Um, it's, uh, I don't always go with its preferences, but where they don't rub against anything else, I pretty much always do. So we cater to these things. We believe that we are these things. And we believe that this here is the border between this thing and everything else, right? And we can get mixed up and think that this is the border between us and oneness. So let's look at this. Now, just to get off, sort of off track almost, you could, you could bring in electron uh, microscopes and if they had such a thing that was portable or whatever, and you could look at the skin. And I think that what you would find if you go far, if you go down far enough, is you'll, you'll find that there's not a hard delineation between the edge of the body and the edge of space. And possibly that has to do with the fact that there are no edges to space. <laughs> So there is a sense that, that this body has an edge, which means there's a sense that the space has an edge too. You can't have a one-sided space, right? You can't have a one-sided boundary. So, but the skin is not, there's not a hard line there. It would just, it just gets more and more spacey, more and more spacey until you, there's just space. And or you could you you could reverse it and say it gets uh, more and more going in. It gets more and more skinny, more and more skinny until <clears throat> you end up with skin. So uh, which feels which is chock full of space, but which feels very solid. And we considered our personal space. I mean, personal space is what a few feet out. But man, this, this space in the body, that's serious personal space. And we don't want anybody invading that, my God. And um, so we tend to take this skin, which we believe is our skin, very, very seriously. Now this skin here, it is the body's and in a relative way, it's sort of a, of a boundary it's an apparent boundary between this body and everything else. But given that space has no boundaries, it's infinite. See, there's the infinite would include everything, infinite and 
and um, the eternal thing, spaciousness, I would say, is eternal, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that about space. Because without an observer, I don't think there's any space and time. There has to be something to, to, to has to be something to notice it, and uh, actually there has to be something of an opposite. Because how else could you know that there's space unless there was something that was not space? And so I say that that I call that spacious. Ness, but I call space. This is space. This is conditioned space. Unconditioned space. This is conditioned space. Both space, but these—that's the difference. This is. And I'm talking about the air. I'm talking about that thing that's containing, holding the air. What we in the olden days they would call it the ether, right? And it was not actually as bad a term as as it as it uh, has turned out to be thought to be. Um, because there is some something, no thing. I don't. There's no way to describe this, but <clears throat> the air is not the end product. Because you can go to space and they've got and and there's spacious space, but there's no air. So there's air is held within space. But for the sake of our, our just keeping our arguments small here. Let's say that this is space, what we normally call space. Let's call that space here too. And um, well, let's call it unconditioned space because there are no objects within the air itself. There are objects here and here and here, but there, um, which means that these objects are what? If there's no end of space, this is conditioned space. So it, is it objects or is it appearances? And I'm gonna to suggest to you that there's a world of difference between objects and appearances. You can, you can my favorite example probably is a rainbow. You can see a rainbow, you can point out a rainbow. Um, you can uh, take photographs of a rainbow. It can be thoroughly experienced but you can't weigh it. You can't weigh a rainbow because it's, a, it's light playing upon particles of water in the air. So it, and you can't say, if I, if I say, look at, look at that rainbow and you ask me, well, how tall is it? I mean, <laughs> that's not gonna make any sense at all. And so we want to just understand that a rainbow is something that can be experienced, but that does not make it real in the terms of height, weight, volume, etc. It means it's a real experience, but an experience can be kind of like a sense of something. And many of those of you who've had sessions with me know that we, we, we check into the sense of something versus the truth of something really, really closely. And we can do that same thing with experience in the fact that we can notice that an experience of something is not the same thing as a truth of something, right? In the sense that I can experience virtual reality, which I have done. And um, when I experience virtual reality, there's an experience of another world, but when you take the goggles off, you find out there's not another world there. 
there's another there there is another dream world there's another which and i'm not saying that this one isn't i'm not saying this one's real and that one's pretend but think of it as like dimensions okay and that is the virtual reality is that virtual reality is one uh, dimension and this virtual reality is another dimension but this virtual th this virtual reality is going to be defined by what it's going to be defined by or, uh, space and objects and this is um and this thing right here this doesn't this isn't actually real. Now it's real in a typical sense. I'm don't, not trying to bypass reality here or, or relativity is the better way to put it, but it is really experience. There's an experience of this body. I am having an experience of it and so are you, which is really makes a lot of sense when you figure out that there's just one thing going on. So there's nothing that I'm experiencing that you're not experiencing because we are the same thing. But that doesn't mean that this body isn't experiencing something that that body isn't experiencing, that, that, that your body isn't experiencing. I'm sure that, that I'm sure that it is. But the what you are is that conscious awakeness that's behind and within and surrounding and it, everything, there's just, you are conscious awakeness. You are conscious space, if you will. I mean, they told me a long time ago, they said, you know, Fred, the truth is, is that you are the awake space. You are the aware space. You are the conscious space. You are the, 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 the sense of, well, I don't know what else. You were consciousness. But the idea that this space was actually awake, I couldn't really understand that. And I can't understand it now either. But I can tell you that I know it to be true. So this skin is included within eternity or infinity or within within well, certainly between both but particularly here we're talking about infinity and this body is included within infinity because infinity doesn't exclude anything so given that there's there's one infinity i mean that by nature has got to be true and i just argue that any, and i don't believe there's anybody out there other than a, maybe some scientist with with his own ideas and, and math and all that, I don't know. But within reason, there's only one infinity. So I am that one infinity. You are that infinity. This camera, welcome to infinity. Your camera, or your monitor, welcome to infinity. This is included in infinity. Every, because infinity is the boundless net. It's not a net, folks, but I, I got to use some kind of word. It's the boundless net 
that contains everything. And that's really going to give us an idea that there's a dotted line around there, which is infinity, and then there's the other stuff. But there's no real dotted line. It's just infinity. We can't even really grasp infinity. We can't understand infinity. Infinity doesn't really make sense to this little three-pound orb inside the skull. It can't really get a hold of that. I mean, it's just three pounds. You got to give it a break, right? I mean, God, we're so proud of these things. Yeah. Boy, I got three pounds and I understand the entire universe. Oh, yeah. I understand, understand everything about it. I know, and I know, I know the boundaries. I know the this, the that, the blah, 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 blah. And really, I've got a bunch of concepts. But that's okay. Concepts are handy. We just don't want to be deep believers in concepts. We want to be have them be useful, but not have them be limiting. Yeah? So... This skin is not my skin. This skin is the unit skin. The unit is delineated by, by this skin and within relativity. And we look at it and we see that unit and this unit. We see this unit with its skin and this unit with its skin. And we see this pen with its skin. And uh, so, there, and these are boundaries. It's what bound. It's what breaks space up. Now, what I want to tell you is that what I'm just just told you is that the idea of skins is what appears to break up infinity, but it doesn't. There's no breaking up infinity. So, this skin is the relative character. It's a unit or the, the unit character, or the or the the bodies skin and and that's fine it's good it's all good but i'm not the skin i don't have and i'm not inside the skin well we can't say i'm outside of the skin because it's just one thing going on but what i mean is i'm not limited to being in any one body i am i am the awake presence in your body i am that body over there and i am the awake presence in this body I am the same awake presence in Betsy's body. I am the same awake presence in Willie and Jack's, my little dogs, their bodies too. Now this skin thing, the reason this can be so critical is that as long as we believe that this skin is my skin, then I'm scared of what's outside of my skin. I'm, 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 I'm paranoid because after all, I'm just one little tiny unit here bordered by skin within a great big universe. And it's the universe against me and the universe looks like it has a, a, a strong advantage. So let me tell you what happened. This is, here's some of that news I told you I was gonna tell you. So it seems like a side story, but it's dead on point as to what we're talking about. Some news I got about 10 days ago. I went to my, um, and, and I, I went in not suspecting anything really, but uh, my doctor noticed that I was kind of odd. I have a doctor who he writes for the New England Journal of Medicine. I mean, he's a big, big deal, always wonderful. And he's moving, which is not good. And uh, in, in Fred's judgment. 
And at any rate, he noticed some oddities about me and he gave me a pretty extensive neurological exam. And um, he, at the end of the neurological exam, he said, well, Fred, uh, as I suspected at the moment that I saw you, um, you have something called peripheral neuropathy. I said, okay. And now peripheral neuropathy uh, can be a reasonably small thing. It can be caused by inner ear trouble, I think. Um, it can be caused by vitamin B deficiency, which mine is not because they've already checked that. It can be caused by a lot of things, but they checked all those things. <laughs> Anything you can do with a blood test, they have checked. So it's not that. It's something else. And that's something else, like I said, could be an inner ear thing or it could be Parkinson's disease. Now, when you talk about grim topics, surely Parkinson's disease would come up if you just had a list of them, right? I mean, the... I've had friends who were diagnosed uh, with cancer not that long ago. I've had more than one. And uh, I've had friends diagnosed with other, you know, illnesses and, and such. But I haven't, and I have, I've had clients who come to me when they were first diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Now, first of all, let me say, we don't know I have Parkinson's disease. We know I don't have a lot of stuff. And we know that it's pointing in that direction, sort of, but that there's plenty of stuff in, the, in that direction. It's not just Parkinson's. But nonetheless, I must tell you that when you are hearing your very, very highly trusted doctor uh, giving you such a diagnosis, it gets your attention, you know? But it wasn't getting my attention very well. I kept trying to write it off and, and some of it must, must have been denial, I don't know. But uh, I kept telling it was lack of exercise and that it was, you know, and that this, this thing with here was, um, I just needed to get a referral to something and that was when I was really there and this and the other. And, <clears throat> and he said, Mr. Davis, <laughs> there's something wrong. And, uh, and it's not from caused by sitting at a desk for too long. Now, that's just like a reset that I do with people in an awakening session to bring them back to the, the, the truth. <laughs> and that's what he did with me. And I recognized it as being a reset. And I took it very seriously then. So anyway, he went on and he, that's when he went into the might be Parkinson's, might be this, might be that. And I'll, I go to a, uh, a neuro, neurologist next month who's a specialist in movement and there I'll get probably get a definite diagnosis, but even that's not sure. So, it's, so what have I got? I don't know, it, 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 maybe something very significant, maybe something that's not too bad. But one way or the other, he did get my attention, but he, but, I, but there was never concern. This is bizarre. This is one of those cases where you notice a pattern by its absence. Because as he's, he was telling me about Parkinson's and other things that could go along with this um, peripheral neuropathy, then 
what I noticed was that unbidden, completely unbidden, there's just like, it was like a voice came up in my head and it said, look at that, man, he's talking about that. You know, he's really putting out some grim news, uh, but he's not talking about me. <laughs> That's the truth. That's what, pop, but he's not talking about me. And when I said that, I, that was a weight, or when that was said, that was a whiteness. It was not like some kind of deep denial about the disease or whatever. It really is, or it really wasn't and isn't. I don't have any denial about it at all. I've looked at, you know, I'm still going to doctors, right? And I've looked up symptoms and I'm exercising and I'm doing all this kind of stuff. So it's not like I'm trying to blow off of it, it, it blow, blow it off. I'm not trying to, to move um, to, to deny uh, relativity because this teaching does not deny relativity or its importance. It does deny that it matters in the end, but it, but, but that doesn't mean that everything doesn't count. Everything does. Everything that we do counts. Nothing matters. In other words, that goes down to how I'm drinking coffee and it has down to what kind of footprint I leave on the carbon footprint I leave on the earth. So this knowledge that he was not talking about me, it was so clear. And of course I knew that before I walked in the doctor's office, I knew that I was taking the unit in for a checkup, if you will. And, um, but I didn't have any suspicions that it had anything that wrong with it. But the point is, is that there was never any, it was just, it sounded, it sounded to me like, okay, he's not talking about me. Uh, he is talking about that. And it looks like I don't have any problems, but it looks like Fred may be in for some very soon. Who knows? And um, that was that, you know, I didn't, it, it didn't shake me up and it, it didn't disturb me or anything else. So I left the office um, and on the way to um, the elevator, then it kind of hit me. And when it did, the first thought that came up was, I wonder if this can benefit the teaching. I swear to God, that's just what exactly came up. How can this benefit the teaching? And the reason for this is that every lousy thing that's ever happened to me in my life, and I'm not saying this is a terribly lousy thing because I don't know. And I actually don't know what's good for me, meaning I don't even, I don't know what's bad for me either. So what came up, what the attention was on was, could this or how could this condition, whatever it was going to turn out to be, or even just the exam, all of that, how can it inform the teaching? And because there's a, there, the, the, every curse turns out to be a blessing if you wait long enough, and every blessing turns out to be a curse if you wait long enough. That's just the way of the world. That is the way of our friend here. Yeah. So it's the way of relativity. So I got home and when I had to tell Betsy, that was less fun than, uh, you know, that was not any fun. That was my only thing that I had pause about before I got home was that, oh God, I got to tell Betsy. And, um, and I'm not, so my concern went to Betsy and I had genuine concern for Betsy and no concern for this. Just didn't. 
Now, Betsy and I, as I, we talked about it, I broke the news and we talked about it a little bit and we got kind of disoriented. Uh, but there was a radio in the background. I felt like that might be part of it. And I cut the radio off and that was part of it. We were then uh, much more relaxed. <clears throat> uh, but the disorientation didn't last long. And very quickly, we were taught, I mean, honest to God, this is the truth. I investigated as right as Betsy and I were talking about this new turn in our lives. I was investigating that very closely. And I swear to God, all I could come up with was gratitude. It was gratitude because, wow, look, I'm in an ideal situation for this. <laughs> I'm not alone. I have great insurance. I have a few dollars. Um, I mean, I certainly can't retire or anything like that. And just, just so you know, let me get out in front of that. There's no indication that this is going to affect this teaching anytime in the in the near future. We'll just put it that way. And it may not affect it at all anyway. We can't know. All these things play out differently for everybody. But there's certainly no threat to it now. So keep coming to the website, keep watching these videos, keep coming to Skillful Means, keep reading the books, um, all is well. And all is well in the face of disaster. So the beautiful thing that I can introduce to you about this teaching is that even with a gun to my head, I noticed this teaching works. That there was practical concern. You know, I got up and looked, looked up at all the stuff that... Uh, neuropathy can mean and peripheral neuropathy can mean and sometimes you never do find out uh, you know what caused it and um, I don't know what happens to those people but they don't find out a, a symptom <clears throat> but it's allowed me to to take every practical measure um, we have run batteries of tests and stuff like that. And I'm going to get some more. Um, and we're going to find out, you know, at, at some point, well, soon we'll find out what's wrong with the unit and uh, what we can do to at least uh, ameliorate its, um, if that's the right word, to adjust its experience in the world to where it's not so shocking. But, all, but everything's good. I can't, I've just searched and searched and searched. And I can't find a problem over here. I swear to God. I keep saying that because I'm, it's not because I think you're doubting. It's because I'm doubting. It stuns me to be able to report this. I mean, I've gone through some tough things since awakening and it's, you know, helped through all of those. But I mean, this is big, big news. And, or, you know, could be. And uh, has it has it leans in that direction, and <clears throat> it's just fine. It's just fine. I mean, it, it it years ago when I had sciatica, I thought, well, I'm not the one supposed to have uh, acute chronic pain. And then one day I was sitting at the table and I thought, well, where's the evidence that you're not? Like, oh, you mean I am supposed to have? And it was like, hell yes, that's your job. And it's my job to have this neural disorder so that I can bring it to you 
as evidence of a teaching that stands up under pressure. This teaching delivers. It's not my teaching. It's a whiteness's teaching and this just a, a, a lucky body that it's been coming through for some years. And it's still a lucky body. I mean, it should have been dead 20 years ago in the park, 25 years, well, over 20 years ago in the park, right? When I was a, a drunken bomb. Just a quick surprise for those of you who don't know my story yet. But, it, but it's readily available. It's all over the internet. I can assure you of that. So it's in my books. It's great freedom. Ramana Maharshi said there's no true freedom because there's no bondage. There's no true bondage. And he's absolutely correct. There is no bondage. And as Gadatta said that, that this teaching was meaning his, but which is not that far a, a, a distance from mine at all. And he said that it is <clears throat> freedom from imagination. And it is. I'm not imagining what's coming. I've looked up some stuff on a practical level, but I can't actually come up with a story of future. I can't really get involved. It's just not there because there's not just now. And right now, everything's fine. And I don't need to be okay later. And I don't need to have been okay before. I just noticed that this is okay right now. This is the great okayness. This is the full acceptance of this moment as it is as of this arising as it is, right? Tough diagnoses and all, pain. There's pain over here, pain and all. It's not pain from the, that neurological, it's pain from the arthritis, but it's pain and there. Uh, so, this is worth, worth your time. This is worth your investment, even on a practical level. And I'm not talking about the, the, the I mean, the, this, this is really a, a, this, this lack of desperate concern is really just uh, the tip of the iceberg. This is freedom. This is wonder. I'm in such gratitude and I'm in such, and right now I'm in, in nothing but awe and wonder because I don't know what this is. And uh, I don't know what it is that doesn't know what this is. And in the absence of those, I can't possibly come up with a story about what should be. And all evidence points to the fact that this quote should be. It gives evidence to the fact that it, can't, this can't not be, and it can't not be precisely as it is. And whatever it is that I am, I don't know what that is. I mean, I know who I am in terms of spiritual teachings, but I don't know what that is and neither does anybody else. And, and I'm okay with it. I'm fine. I hope you will be too. Stay tuned. I love you. Bye-bye.